0: On today's episode, I'm delighted to introduce you to Head of Research and Development at PH Formula, Mariona Jimenez. Mariona is a beacon of knowledge and incredibly passionate about both skin and science. Born and bred in the beautiful city of Barcelona, Mariona graduated from the Barcelona University with a pharmacist degree before going on to complete a master's degree in cosmetics and dermopharmacy and continuing study in specialist areas within the cosmetics and pharmaceutical fields. As the head of research and development, Mariona's days are spent developing innovative skincare products and treatments, exploring new research, market trends and ingredient technologies, and cooking up world-class formulations destined for over 45 countries around the globe. In this two-part series, Mariona and I are sitting down together to discuss what really goes on behind the scenes, or behind the formulation, of a single pH formula product. From the inception of an idea, creating the prototype, sourcing raw ingredients, conducting tests, observing international regulations, and most importantly, launching a quality performance-driven finished product that achieves an outstanding result for the skin. This two-part series will reveal it all. This is The Power of Protons, a PH Formula Australia podcast for skin specialists. This is where you come to explore the always evolving professional beauty, skin, dermal and aesthetics industry. We cut through the hype to deliver highly researched content designed to empower, educate and inspire. I'm Danielle Hughes, your host and lover of all things skin. I'm a beauty therapist turned dermal clinician turned MBA graduate, and I'm the proud distributor of pH formula in Australia and New Zealand. It's my pleasure to share my passion for education, skin management and business every Monday, right here on the Power of Protons podcast. Welcome back for part two of our interview with Mariona Jimenez. If you haven't already listened to part one, be sure to go back and listen to episode 12, where we look at the process of formulating a product from scratch and how long this process can take when we consider each of the steps involved. Today, we'll be deep diving into ingredients, packaging choices, and expanding internationally. PH Formula uses pharma-grade ingredients wherever possible. Ingredient purity and efficacy is of the highest importance. And as we know, there are many different classifications of ingredients, even of the same ingredient. Take, for example, vitamin C. So, Mariona, how would a consumer or professional for that matter know the grade of ingredients contained within a formula when looking at the inky on the packaging? And what is the pH formula process for ensuring that the ingredients that we do formulate with are of the highest possible quality?
1: First of all, let me tell you that uh, um, looking at the inky, it is very, very difficult. Uh, to to know certain considerations. You can know um, the sort of ingredient that that is. For example, if we are uh, talking about uh, vitamin C, you looking at the inky, you can know if it's the uh, uh, L-ascorbic acid. So it is the purest form of the uh, vitamin C or whether if we are using another uh, sort of derivative and uh, you can read it uh, easily in the inky. And also in the inky, you can see and have a rough idea of the concentration of the ingredients that you are going to have in this formulation because they are ordered in the increasing way. Uh, So um, the ingredients go uh, in this order that uh, you will have, first of all, the most concentrated ones up till you go until you reach the um, 1%. And then uh, from then on, you can uh, shuffle the ingredients in different orders because this is a a little bit like Coca-Cola. You don't want your product to be copied. So, um, but going back to your uh, questioning about uh, how do we know the grades and uh, also the purity and the quality, you you, you don't know within the inky, but um, I can explain you what we have into, in considerations when we are asserting the ingredients process and all the critical thinking and all the analysing of the information that, that needs to be implemented. So we have a uh, lot of the documentations uh, in R&D that the Rose uh, material supplier can provide and we um, carefully review to make the adequate choice. And um, if we divide this information in nine different categories, I can explain you what in pH formula we are doing with each an in- a single uh, uh, information that we have in front of us to choose and an ingredient. Just
0: to interrupt, this is for each ingredient within an inky that might have 30 ingredients.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So you, you can imagine that this process for one formulation, mm-hmm. it is very, very intense. Mm-hmm. So um first first case we have the quality. You mentioned already this, and there is uh different grades of active ingredients and when we have the opportunity to choose the pharma-grade ingredients we do in PH Formula, because they are the ones with less amount of impurities of the market. And we want to excel and we want to highlight this quality, not only for the final users, of course, but because we also are a professional brand. And we need to have all these uh, superior quality in the cabin treatments, in the cabin rooms, when the skin specialists are applying the products in the uh, uh, subjects, of course. Um, then we need to have into considerations the allergens, and uh, in pH formula, we are uh, choosing the ones allergen-free, that's also important to have a really good tolerance Then we can look at the origin of the ingredients, and that could be understood as the geographic origin. So, if that ingredient comes from uh, the European Union or comes from China, uh, etc., but also the origin of the raw material. So, if that raw material is considered to be uh, vegan or um, uh, friendly, that that is uh, of course not animal sourcing involved, uh, biotechnological and etc. There's uh, several uh, different origins that can be also uh, into the raw material. Then we need to review all the technical data sheets. And this is not only the descriptive information as the inky name, but also what is the manufacturing process of this ingredient, the physical chemical properties of it, the analytical profile. So if it has a certain odor, if it, Uh, of course, has a pH range consideration. So this is basically into the Certificate of Analysis or uh, COA. And it's very also important to choose the ingredient and to put it together with other ones. Then we also have to review the safety data sheets, that its first aid measures and storage, exposure, etc. Then we need to take into consideration the regulatory uh, aspects. So, can this ingredient or group of ingredients be used in a specific countries? In which concentrations they are allowed, etc. Then the toxicology profile, if it's of course safe to be used uh, topically, but in which concentrations, if it's a rinse off or a leave on product, that is very relevant, And then finally, we come up within to the uh, marketing brochure and test performs. And in the marketing brochure, there is the history of the ingredients, benefits and mechanism of action, which is also very important to market then the product and the test performs because you have the demonstration of in vitro ex vivo and in vivo of this activity of the single ingredient at that certain concentration so that's why the supplier of the raw material have a percentage of recommendation of use in the final product so uh there is a lot a lot of considerations when choosing the raw materials mm. Um, And if we have time, I just want to explain that when you choose an ingredient uh, and this raw material supplier, it's providing some tests that could be done in different concentrations. And sometimes if you choose um, one concentrations or one concentration or another, it leads you to different claim. But it's important to understand that this being benefit of the ingredient is isolated. Mm-hmm. So if you wanna prove that it has that action at the end product, you need to reassess the claim. So you need to put together all the formulation and then do your own in vitro ex vivo and in vivo uh, testing. So
0: I think that's a very, yeah. And I think that that's quite an important point to note because you have obviously the documentation for one particular ingredient but that has been used just by itself. So when you start working synergistically, which really nearly everybody does, it's not just one ingredient, is it? There's lots of different ingredients. Um, then yes, you've, I suppose, got to prove it all over again, that you're still able to get that benefit when the active is used with something else.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like... Uh, reassessing that this uh, formulation will have certain properties that you want to claim and you want to make sure that they will be the benefits of the
0: final formulation. Is this the year you begin your journey to become a master artologist? At PH Formula, education is our heart and soul. Our state-of-the-art academy, The Art Club, is nestled in Barcelona's historic district El Born, and it's home to skin specialists from all corners of the globe. Here, the expert education team deliver empowering education to support the journey from skin therapist to skin specialist into a pH formula certified artologist and finally a master artologist. It is here that skills are refined, advanced education is shared, and professional evolution takes course. A pH formula artologist thinks like a scientist, applies treatments like an artist, and achieves results like an expert. And in May this year, the PH Formula Australia and New Zealand family will be traveling to the Art Club for a bespoke education program that promises to energize, support professional growth, and enhance our skills in delivering the most innovative resurfacing treatments. If you're interested in joining us, applications are now open. Head on over to phformula.com.au forward slash Art Club 2024 for more information. I'd like to shift gears now to packaging. As we have learned, there is so much that goes into making a product. But packaging is also a very important aspect of creating the finished product. I mean, not only does it need to look appealing because we often buy something because it looks beautiful, it also needs to have compatibility with the actual product formula and ensure that the stability of this formula isn't compromised during its shelf and jar life. So can you speak to some of the considerations that pH formula makes when selecting packaging and the potential impact that packaging can have on the performance of the formulations that you're spending so much time creating?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it is very important that uh, the packaging is not only some beauty accessory that you have in your bathroom and looks great uh, for you to use of course it has to be appealing but uh, it is uh, more than that it is the container of your precious formula Mm. so that's why we have to make sure that it has this um not only a, a stability, of course, um, the formulation itself. That's why you don't you don't do the a stability test, that, those ones that I was explaining you when a stressing uh, the formula, into the fridge temperature to see if there is uh, some uh, possible uh, crystallizations or to do it in in uh, higher temperatures to see if there is oxidation process you do it in a glass container first because you want to make sure that this stress is not pushing through the packaging but when you choose your uh, uh, current packaging you need to see First of all, that doesn't leak out, so it will be containing your product and there won't be any leakage of the formulation. Then you need to test this uh, compatibility between the formula itself and the packaging. For example, imagine that you have chosen certain ingredients that can oxidate very easily you cannot choose any packaging that you would like because you need to preserve these ingredients Mm -hmm. and to avoid this uh, oxidation process. So that's really, really important. But then imagine also that you have came up into the texture that you love and this texture has uh, a specific physical chemical specifications. And one of them is the viscosity parameters. Mm. And the viscosity that is that uh, thickness or lightiness of your uh, formulation that can be measured by different and um, various devices as the viscosimer or the rheometer. Um, it is something that it will determine actually the packaging that you're choosing because imagine that you have a very low viscosity uh, formulation. Let's put an example from 0 to 100. The measurement is called centipoise. So you have this 0 for 100 centipoise. This leads to think that this formulation, it's very liquid. So it's sort of a serum. So if you have this liquid uh, um, formulation, you have to choose the packaging that is according and it can contain this uh, liquid form and it will dispense correctly this liquid form. Because imagine that you're choosing a dropper and then you have a a very, very high viscosity of more than 10,000 that it will be close to a mask. Then if you choose a dropper, that one uh, um, dispense the uh, formula because you have that uh, viscosity and it's very, very important to choose in accordance the packaging that you are using.
0: Mm.
1: So do not get stuck. And that's why the viscosity has a very relevant uh, and it's a very important parameter to choose the packaging. Mm. and also you need to think not only when you choose the packaging into the market needs uh, because you need to to also order the right amounts you also have to have into consideration the price that is realistic for the new launch uh, because if you have a formula that is Full uh, of uh, active ingredients and it's kind of expensive to fabricate. Maybe then you need to um, choose a packaging that is not as expensive to compensate. Mm. So, a lot of different considerations also to, to have in a packaging.
0: And it's tricky, isn't it? Because if you have a high concentration of actives or specific actives, even if they are expensive, the packaging can make or break because, for example, if it's not airless with certain actives, you know, so it's a, it's a tricky one. I feel that it's important that people know that it's more than just aesthetic
1: It's yeah, 100%. And imagine with acids. Mm. So in pH formula, we work uh, in the uh, control skin resurfacing uh, products with a lot of different acids. And you need all those acids not only to preserve correctly, but also to not interact with the packaging Mm. and to warranty its safety and efficacy when you apply the product. So choosing the packaging, it is uh, also a very important Mm -hmm. choice when
0: uh, doing a formulation. And I know we're almost out of time, but I suppose just to add that next level of complexity for packaging, sustainability as well (laughs) is another consideration.
1: Yeah, 100%. Not only in choosing the material, but also on how the inks and and to print those in the Uh, not only in the primary packaging, which is the one that is in direct contact with the formulation, but in the secondary packaging, when, uh, of course, you you need to read all the benefits and uh, it is the box of containing the primary one and into the leaflet or using digital information. Sometimes we have uh, came up recently with a lot of QR uh, codes Mm. to be as much as more sustainable uh, as possible. But sometimes also regulation do do not allow to put all the information in the QR codes because certain languages need to be printed to facilitate also the end consumer to read in their own language all the instructions, mode of action, etc. Mm. So difficult <laughs> to be aligned with everything.
0: Now, my final little talking point, and we've touched on it, because PH Formula has expanded internationally now to, is it 45 or is it more than 45?
1: We are growing more than
0: 45. <laughs> okay. So in more uh, than 45 markets or countries, This doesn't just mean appointing a new distributor sending over some pallets of stock, does it? I mean, can you speak to, I I think if I had a dollar for every time I said the word complexity, because I know I've said it a lot, but I don't feel that there's any other word for how complex it is to analyze and to observe contrasting regulations and restrictions across more than 45 countries and I suppose speaking to the challenges that may arrive uh, may may arise in having a single product, whether it's the Lyft serum or otherwise, that has compliance across so many very unique markets.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking globally, uh, it is uh, kind of difficult, mm. uh, but. If we are trying to be um, simplistic, we could talk about these three big, big regulations that go across the globe, and we are talking about Europe, about United States, about China. But of course, it won't be accurate, not mentioning other important regulations. For instance, of course, Australia, Canada, Brazil, Japan, and so on. Imagine that we're talking about European regulation. This has a certain uh, frame. It is the EC 1223 slash 2009. And this... Has a, a ban or, or a restrict uh, substance, and you also have uh, the safety uh, committee on consumer safety review of the ingredients. So there is a lot of considerations to fit and to meet uh, in the European regulation needs. In the United States, another story because you have the Food and Drug Administration and also you need to check for the SEER evaluation. If you go and if you travel to China, there is even more tricky because this uh, only allowed the uh, those cosmetic ingredients that they are listed in the inventory of existing cosmetics ingredient in China, that is the IECIC. And then if you wanna have another extra ingredient that is approved, you have to submit, you have to fill the notification of registration And uh, there is a lot of um, different uh, regulatory list and and safety and technical standard for uh, the cosmetics. Uh, Of course, in Australia, you have your own Australian inventory of industrial Mm -hmm. chemicals. And in Japan, um, the cosmetics are regulated under pharmaceutical and medical devices law. So they, they have like uh, different uh, subsidiary rules, standards, and also the, the you have the guidance documents issued by the uh, competent authority that is the Ministry of Health, Labor and uh, Welfare. Um, in, a, in Brazil, you have an visa and it, so on so on. So lots of different rules mm-hmm. and, very, very difficult job to satisfy every country's request. So you can
0: imagine. Yeah, I can imagine that there are hundreds of hours spent poring over the rules, the regulations, the restrictions across so many markets. It's quite a job. And in fact, it would need to really happen now, wouldn't it? Before you take something to a prototype
1: exactly what that's what we are uh, doing in the first phase and it is difficult and sometimes we have to go to okay best scenario and then we will work out if we would like to launch in the future for example this product into China if we need to do some uh, minor changes or if we need to do a specific formulation for China mm-hmm. market, for example.
0: Mm. Well, this has been a very thought-provoking and a very insightful chat with you, Mariona. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for being my very first guest on the podcast. I would absolutely love to have you on again. I know you're working behind the scenes on clinical trials this year. You've already published a clinical trial in 2023. So I, I think that would also be a really, really great conversation that we could have so that the audience understands really what goes on in a clinical trial because that in itself is very intricate. (laughs) Of
1: course I mean it's been a pleasure to be here with you and I felt like I forgot a lot of things to to mention to you maybe in another podcast but danielle (laughs) thank you so much to invite me and to be the first uh, guest that that has been an honor and yes i think that the following podcast maybe we can chat about this clinical testing because they are outstanding and they are the real proof that your product is really working yeah so and that it's not
0: just say, an ingredient uh, claim it's like the ingredients are all working together so i think it just it brings this conversation around full circle
1: exactly exactly yeah. so that would be a very interesting conversation for the future and thank you so much thank
0: you mariona I sincerely hope you enjoyed listening to this two part interview just as much as I enjoyed having the conversation with Mariona. She is just such a wealth of knowledge, and I cannot wait to have her on the Power of Protons podcast again. And for that matter, if you have any questions that you might like to hear Mariona's response or answers to, then please leave a little comment in the comments and questions section on this episode, and we'll try and incorporate some. of those questions into our future episodes. Until next Monday, have a positively charged week ahead and I look forward to having your company again very soon.